0: It's Bell Let's Talk Day, and I'm Rebecca Hamilton, founder and CEO of Chick Boss Cake, author of The Million Dollar Bakery, host of this podcast, Scrap the Sweet Talk, and I have a permanent scar on my wrist from attempting suicide. So if you think someone who appears to be so colorful, vibrant, successful, or happy doesn't struggle with the same darkness as everyone else? You're wrong. And exceptionally naive. Belle, let's talk. So, we're going to talk. This podcast episode will definitely be the most vulnerable episode to date. And I'll be sharing my own personal struggles with mental health and my tips on how to manage it and what I do and what you can do to be part of the solution and not part of the problem. But before I get into that, I wanted to share some really eye-opening statistics with you from Crisis Services Canada uh, about suicide specifically. So about 4,000 people die by suicide in Canada each year, and for every suicide death, There are an estimated of 20 to 25 attempts first, which is an average of 275 people attempting suicide in Canada every single day. An average of 11 people each day die by suicide in Canada. Suicide accounts for 24% of all deaths among 15 to 24 year olds living in Canada. Guys, that... I don't know about you, but like those statistics are like heartbreaking for me to read and to see uh online and it it just breaks my heart but at the same time I know what it's like to feel that sense of darkness in my own life and so before we get into anything here um I just want to begin this podcast episode by saying that if anyone you know is suffering from mental health, uh, mental illness, or suicidal thoughts, please just take the time to listen to them and allow them the space to just share their feelings. I know that you automatically want to go to helping them and finding a solution. Um, and definitely providing them with resources is very important. Like, it is so important to give them resources because I guarantee you they don't know about the resources or they just don't feel comfortable, but if they get the resources from somebody that they trust and respect, then they feel like reaching out to those resources is okay and acceptable. And so it's not your job to fix them or change their mindset because chances are they've been feeling like this for a very long time and nothing that you say or suggest to them is going to resonate while they're in this dark place. Okay. It's just not going to happen. Um, and I know that it can feel really hard for the person who wants to just help and get them out of that space um, and make them realize all of the great things in their life that they could be grateful for. But it is not helpful to somebody who is already in that dark space. It's just it's just not. Okay. And so just simply listening to them and not offering, uh, you know, to try to fix them and just offering the supports and leaving that to the professionals is the best thing that you can do to help anybody struggling in the situation. Okay. And I saw a post recently. Um, on social media that said something along the lines of people fake being happy, they don't fake being depressed. It is so true. When I saw that post, I was like, wow, like it is, it could not be more true. Um, Feeling depressed is not something people do to just seek attention. Okay. It is not, um, not in the sense that you might think anyways, I mean, they are, they're crying out for help. It is not just simply to seek attention and it's so hard to admit to yourself that you're depressed. Okay. And it's even harder to admit that to anyone else. So I just want you to remember that and keep that in mind. Keep in mind that uh, post that I just told you about, that people fake being happy, they don't fake being depressed, okay? I, I thought that that was such a great post because it is so true. Guys, one thing I really want to get like just, get across and like, I don't know, I just I really want you all to take away from this podcast. And I know that this topic is like, you know, it can be triggering for some people. It's not the most uplifting. It is not, you know, the typical fun, vibrant, colorful person that uh, you've, you know, followed on social media and stuff. Um, But it's so important And I think that's the reason why, you know, they have the Bell Let's Talk Day, because it is important to take a moment out of our, you know, busy everyday lives, out of our colorful, fun social media posts, to remember that we all struggle. And I think that gets lost within our you know, daily lives sometimes is that we all struggle. Some people struggle more than others for sure. And some people struggle for longer periods of time than others. But I just really want to equalize the playing field here so that we are all on the same page. We are all human beings, which means we all struggle. There is no person on this planet that you can present to me whose life is more important than anyone else's, okay? And Personally, I view mental health on a scale. So I just envision it as a scale. So if you just drew a line on a piece of paper and that is the scale, and on one end of the scale, you have severe depression, anxiety, and mental health issues. And on the other end of the scale, you have mental well-being and true optimal mental health. And I just envision that scale. And then I, I, I envision where I'm at on that scale. And the fact is, it fluctuates, okay? Nobody is like one end or the other at all times, okay? And so every single person on this planet falls into a spot on that scale. And how low or high you are depends on how well you take care of your mental health and well-being, okay? No one on this scale is better or worse, or more important, or more valuable than anyone else from a fundamental human perspective. Okay. But there is a lot to learn from people who are at opposite ends of the scale and how you can work your way up the scale to optimal mental health and well being. So we all have a mind and therefore all have a mental state that we are responsible for maintaining and that can either be mentally healthy or it can be mentally ill. This morning, I was actually thinking to myself how I could describe Um, what my perspective on mental health and mental uh, illness and well-being and stuff goes. And I actually thought that uh, of this idea that everyone can do um, once you're done listening to this episode, and it's that I am going to encourage you to go scrolling through your Instagram feed, okay, or Facebook or whatever social media that you have. And instead of just mindlessly scrolling, I want you to stop and look at every single person's post that shows in your feed at that time, and this is an activity you can do, um, you know, weekly or whatever to just help you feel like a normal person, okay? Because sometimes social media does not make us feel like that. It makes us feel insecure and like other people have their shit figured out much better than we do and hint, they don't. They're just, you know, posting their happy selfies and stuff on on uh, Instagram or Facebook. But Nobody really has anything figured out, okay? And certainly not more or less than you do. We're all just trying to figure it out as we go. So what I want you to do is scroll through your feeds and just take a moment to look and pause at these smiling faces, the bathroom selfies, the snow globe, dinner dates that look like Hallmark movies, the kissy duck faces, the serious selfies, the laughing snapshot selfies, and just just look at them and say to yourself out loud that that person has struggled. And then go to the next one and say to yourself out loud, that person has struggled. And that person has struggled. And even that person has struggled. Okay? The person who looks the happiest has struggled. Okay? And it will help you to see through the highlight reels of social media and really help you to understand that though we all enjoy sharing the best moments on social media, uh, the moments that we aren't sharing doesn't mean that they don't exist. And I think that's what we most often forget is that we, because we're not seeing it, uh, show up in our feeds that people are struggling or they're hurting or they're in a really dark place, um, does not mean it doesn't exist. It does in everybody's life. Okay. And so most people just prefer to keep their socials positive, happy and uplifting, which is amazing. Um, that's what I personally like to do. I definitely don't think that oversharing our darkest, most vulnerable moments on social media is necessarily healthy. Like, especially if you're currently working through the struggle. Okay. And in fact, I think that can be significantly detrimental to your mental health and well-being if you are sharing your struggle as you're going through it because then you are susceptible susceptible to criticism and haters and negative feedback which will not serve you in that dark place okay you have to be in a very healthy space um, in order to share vulnerabilities on social media, in order to handle that level of criticism and hate that you might receive by sharing that. Okay. It's just a fact people are mean out there and, um, you know, they don't respect that you're being vulnerable and that you're in a hurting spot or whatever, because those people are hurting too. And, you know, it's a whole thing. Okay. And so, It can actually make it so much worse uh, hearing criticism during a vulnerable time where you are just feeling, you know, I don't know what else to use other than the word vulnerable, but it's true, okay? And it's why I choose to withhold my vulnerabilities and my darkness and my challenges um, until, like, after I've healed from them would be the best example, okay? I would probably never choose to share those moments as I'm going through them because it wouldn't serve me. It would best be served by going to a friend that you trust and that you love or a family member or a colleague or anybody that you trust and love and talking to them about it. Um, Because you're going to get much more support and you'll feel much more love and much more safety by doing that as opposed to sharing it um, publicly on a platform that you're opening yourself up to haters and criticism, right? That want to kick you while you're down. So I choose personally to uh, withhold my vulnerabilities and my challenges until after I've healed from them, which actually also allows me to have a clearer, less emotional perspective so that I can articulate my feelings in a way that actually has potential to help other people, okay? And so after I've already been through a dark time and I've worked through it, I can share how I felt during that time. And I can also add value by sharing how I was able to come out the other side of it. Okay. And I hope that makes sense to you. Um, I know that it can be hard if you're not currently depressed. Okay. So let's just go to the opposite perspective here, the opposite side of my scale that I was talking about. If you are at a optimal state of mental health and well-being, then you would be on the one end of the spectrum or somewhere close to that side. Okay. And that is somewhere that I'm at currently right now. Um, and, but it's not a permanent place. Okay. And I wanna talk to the people who are on that side and who are most often on that end of the scale. And because I've been on the very far end of that where I have attempted suicide, which in my opinion is the farthest you can go aside from actually doing it, Um, and so since I've been on both ends, I know what it's actually like to feel both sides of it. And I can really understand the perspectives of people both going through the darkest times and of people both, um, in the opposite sense, living their best life and feeling mentally fit and mentally healthy. Okay. Okay. And I know there are a lot of judgments and a lot of interpretations and a lot of perceptions uh, when you're at the opposite end of the scale of what the other side of the scale is like thinking or what they should do. It's easy to point fingers when you are on one end or the other, okay? But I feel like I can talk about this and talk about both sides of it because I've literally been on both sides. So I feel like that gives me some credibility to discuss both ends of the topic. Um, and my my intention is only to just share my personal story, what I've been through and what I've learned. And it is not, guys, I, I never understand why people have to like say this, but like I see a lot of people just prefer- Pref- preface? prefacing, <laughs> prefacing that, you know, they're not doctors, they're not psychologists, blah, blah, blah. I'm none of those things either. Okay. I just think it's funny when people have to actually say that. Okay. I feel like it goes without saying I'm not a psychologist or a doctor, but I've walked through it. Okay. And so I'm just simply sharing my perspective and it is not meant to, hurt or offend anybody. And if you don't resonate with it, then fine. Just forget I ever said it. Okay. But it's my perspective. Um, and so I'm going to talk about the opposite end of it, uh, just for a short moment, because I know that when you're in a good, healthy, um, mental state and maybe, you know, like I said, everybody suffered, but maybe they haven't been on the polar opposite end of it. Maybe they've been somewhere in the middle where they're like not very satisfied with their life, but they're not, you know, thinking about suicide or anything like that. So there's different scales that people have gone through. And uh, I just want to talk to the people who are not currently depressed um, and are in a good place uh, to, because it's really important. This is where the stigmas come from, they come from these people that do a really good job at maintaining their mental well-being, which is amazing. Like, I think that's amazing, but the stigmas that those people have sometimes is what is not amazing about it, okay? And so um, understanding the people who aren't where you are, uh, is exceptionally important, okay. And the people on this end of the scale, you might think to yourself that you're, um, that, that these people who are suffering from depression and anxiety are responsible for their own well being and happiness. And while fundamentally that is true to a certain degree. Uh, We are all responsible at the end of the day for our own well-being and happiness, but you have to understand that not everyone knows what you know or has the support that you have uh, in your life. They don't have that in their life. And so it's not as simple as them just getting control over their lives and snapping out of it or being responsible for their own happiness or, you know, being grateful for the things that they have. Um, Because the truth is, when you're on the opposite end of the scale, you don't feel like you have any control over anything. And so... If you're one of those people that believe all of those things and have that stigma against people who are suffering from depression or mental illness or anything like that, um, if you believe that mental health is a cry for attention or that anyone suffering should just snap out of it, then I personally believe that you have your own mental health uh, to work on and improve upon because you need to learn some serious empathy, my friend, for what other people feel and are going through because it's not all about you and not everybody, like I said, has the same support, has the same, you know, nobody is like you. So don't compare yourself to them and you just need to take people for their word and for what they say that they're feeling, all right? And so last year I did a podcast episode sharing my struggles with mental health. Uh, It was where I first opened up and shared how depressed and anxious I was and how changing my diet changed my life. Uh, I did that, I want to say, like seven years ago. Um, And most of you who have been following me for a while know that story, where it was before I opened my first St. Thomas store location. And I was just really struggling. I couldn't get out of bed. I had to nap after lunch like a toddler. I just felt so out of control. And I was just really depressed and unhappy. And I didn't know why. And I felt like fucking shit. And so I, you know, went to my doctor. I got prescribed um, antidepressants and anti anxiety medication um and you know my doctor was not wrong i was definitely very depressed and i had very severe anxiety at the time and uh but i really did not feel like medication was the answer for what i was going through okay and now i have nothing against medication i definitely believe that there's a time and a place for it and if you are on the dark side the one side of the scale like i was talking about chances are medication is going to significantly help you get on the other side of the scale. So I definitely believe there's a time and a place for it. And, but for some reason, my body was just telling me that there was something else wrong, which thankfully I listened to because it turned out by just simply changing my diet, uh, and going gluten-free it, Oh my god, it changed my life literally. I felt like a new person. I had so much energy and um it was literally life-changing for me. And so while that was a pivotal moment for me in my mental health journey in life, it wasn't where the struggle began and it wasn't where it got the darkest for me personally. Okay, I touched on the darkest moments of my life in my book, *The Million Dollar Bakery*, uh, admitting in my book that I contemplated suicide a time or two in my teenage years because life was so fucking hard for me at the time. Okay, and I felt like. Dying would have been better. Like, I literally believe that. And I can remember feeling that way. Um, And it wasn't just one time. I felt like that multiple times because it was just like there was just so much turmoil at a time where, you know, as a teenager, when you move out on your own at 16 and you drop out of high school, you're like on your own, but you're not fully developed yet. Like you're not fully mentally capable of dealing with, um, real life adult situations. And so that, that whole time from like, you know, 15, 16 years old till, I don't know, like 22 ish. Um, it was a constant Struggle and I was constantly on, constantly, I, I would say consistently on the scale of really dark depression. And it would fluctuate, but like it would never reach the halfway point and it would definitely never reach the past the point to mental wellness, I wouldn't say. And so I, you know. I ended up being homeless for a certain period of time where I literally slept like on concrete and it would rain on me. And that is just like, like words don't even describe those feelings. Like I try to describe it with my, you know, creative writing and in my book and in my blogs. And like, I just nothing really captures that emotion like living it. So I don't know. It's just, it's one of those things where it was just such a dark time. And, you know, I had like, you know, boyfriends and like relationships were always so hard because I didn't trust anybody. I like lived on my own and like Oh, like words just don't even describe it I try but like I can't even describe all of the issues and insecurities and and struggles and challenges I faced at a time in my life where I wasn't even like mentally developed enough to deal with them so like that just to me sums it up okay and so for me it's It's different writing about my struggles. Um, And even though I, you know, shared a lot of my dark times in my book, I'd never actually spoken the words out loud before, okay? Until I did my keynote speech a few weeks ago for a group of entrepreneurs on the East Coast of Canada in PEI. Um, and that was the first time I actually vocally said that I you know, wanted to kill myself at that point in my life. And it honestly made me cringe hearing myself say these words out loud that I wanted to end my own life in my speech. And I'd seriously, honestly, um, I'd considered removing this part of my speech just because it's so weird saying those words, like it is really uncomfortable. So I can really appreciate how hard it is for people to talk about it, which is why, you know, Bell Let's Talk Day is so important because even for me, somebody who, you know, has been through the darkest of times and has made my way like up my scale of mental well-being and I'm in a really good place right now, um it it's still really hard for me to talk about and I don't even know why it's like so crazy and I think that that's the the point of the Bell Let's Talk Day because yeah like why is it so hard or why do you feel so guilty for feeling that way um but you know like when I was rehearsing my speech and practicing and stuff I I really contemplated leaving that part out um but the problem was that it, it was part of my story. And so it's something that had already happened in my past and I couldn't rewrite it. I couldn't change it. It was part of me. Like literally the scar on my wrist is a huge fucking wake up call reminder that I see every single day to remind me that mental health affects us all. And I don't really know the purpose of me going through extreme darkness when I was younger, and then going on to then later on create a beautiful, vibrant, colorful business that is full of happiness other than to share my story with others and that the main point of my story is that in order to appreciate the beauty of a vibrant and colorful life we needed to have walked through the darkness first like i don't know the purpose other than that so that in turn is the purpose so My keynote speech was the first time I'd ever vocally shared out loud that I actually have a scar on my wrist from attempting suicide when I was younger. And something I've noticed through public speaking and creating my content is that when I focus on helping people feel less alone in their darkness, I lose all my reservations and all my discomfort and uh, I lose the nervousness and I lose everything goes away that otherwise would always be there. Like if I was always nervous to public speak, I just, when I focus on the fact that I might be helping these people, all of that goes away. Because I just think like, who am I to, you know, feel scared or afraid to share things um, with other people that might help them? Right? So I choose to put a lot of focus on that when I'm doing things that make me wildly uncomfortable, like you know, public speaking or being in front of a large audience or posting videos for the entire world to see. Um, Because when we feel scared or afraid to share things, it usually comes from a place of ego and which is ultimately a place of selfishness and how, you know, we feel scared about how we will look or how others might view us. Um, And it's not coming from a place of helping others heal. And so it's human nature to feel feelings of fear or be afraid to be vulnerable. But I challenge you to, instead of what, like worrying about what it means for yourself and what the consequences might be for yourself, change your thinking to be like, what if this saves somebody else's life? because would you not lose all of your reservations about what it meant for you if it meant saving somebody else's life or like helping them in some way cuz for me i when i think about that all of my nervousness goes to fucking hell cuz i don't give a shit about that anymore cuz i'm like this could actually help somebody and so um it doesn't mean that it's easy to do, but it's helped me be able to open up and share my stories by focusing on what it could do to help someone else and potentially give them hope that they can create a beautiful life too, um, even if they're currently going through hard, dark times or you know they have been through dark times to, to know that they're not alone. Um, and quite frankly, that's... That's, uh, that's all the reason I need. So if you're someone wondering, you know, how this introverted person like myself has the guts to do keynote speaking or host a podcast or do videos, when I tell you it scares the crap out of me to do all of those things, the one thing that I remind myself of before I do any of those things that are hard for me is that this could help someone. And that's, that's enough for me. That's enough for me to do it and not give a fuck what anyone else thinks of me for sharing those things. All right, so let's move along here. My next point that I really want to make and just like let everybody in the world know is that mental health or mental illness is never something we just get over. Okay, it's not something to overcome, uh, but instead it's something we all innately have. And the only difference between health and illness is what we do to take care of ourselves. We need to continuously prioritizing prioritize working on uh, our mental well-being every single day. Chad likes to call it mental fitness, and he's not wrong. And so... If you're not actively working to improve your mental well-being, then it's automatically going in the opposite direction, closer to mental illness, okay? It takes an active pursuit to keep it going in the right direction, so never let your foot off the gas and never think that you're good and that you have it under control okay so if you picture on the scale if you are not actively moving your scale a little tiny bit each day towards mental well-being then just picture it automatically sliding back and going in the opposite direction little by little by you not doing anything Because by you not doing anything, you are hurting your mental well-being, okay? It takes an active pursuit to keep pushing it in the right direction. Just picture the fact that there is some resistance with this and that it will automatically slide backwards if you are not there pushing it forward every single day. Okay, I hope that that mental picture really helps you guys a lot. It helps me keep it top of mind and know that I am, you know, never too far in the right direction um, because at any point it can start sliding backwards. So before I get into uh, my tips and ways that we can move our mental health towards uh, mental wellness and be more on the opposite end of that scale, I just wanted to say that if any of you guys want to reach out and share your story with me um, about your mental health journey or, you know, maybe be a guest on my blog or podcast or you want to talk about it in some way and share your story please reach out to me. It's something I'm very passionate about, sharing different people's perspectives and um, things that people have gone through and stuff like that. And I would love to uh, share your story and um your tips and stuff like that with my audience and following and everything like that so just reach out to me my email is rebecca at chickbosscake.com or you can find me on instagram at rebecca at chickbosscake all right let's talk about some ways that we can help move our mental health towards mental wellness okay And the first thing that I wanna talk about that is one of the most impactful things, just solely based on the amount of time we spend doing this thing called work, (laughs) is to number one, find out what your gift is, okay? I have not talked about this much because this is something I have learned recently to really put a focus on in my own life. It is something that I'm working on doing this year for myself is to not find out what my gift is because I do believe everybody knows what their gift is. It's just a matter of connecting the dots between your gift and what you do as a career, okay? Because there's so many options out there and my gift is creativity so it's not my gift is not solely what i do i you know i own and run a bakery business that is not my gift my gift is creativity and my outlet for my gift is that i create fun baked goods and cakes and products and stuff right so i get to utilize my gift Every single day because I choose to have a creative business and own a bakery. Um, I could also utilize my gift in many other ways. I could work for somebody else who runs like an art business or creative based company, and I would be fulfilled doing that. Um, or, you know, as a creative person, I could do, well, I wrote a book, but you could do writing as very creative. It's just about finding and connecting your gift, which is minus creativity to an actual career choice so that you can, in essence, get paid for your gift and have a happy and fulfilled life, Um, everybody needs to make an income, obviously. You may as well make it by doing something that you love to do, and that is utilizing your gift, all right? And so your gift is something that you do better than the average person, okay? It's something you do better than them, uh, that you love to do, and that when you do it, the time flies by and you enjoy it so much okay when i'm being creative in my creative zone guys i could work for 24 hours straight without eating or drinking or sleeping or breathing probably not but i'm just saying the time flies by i don't know where it goes and i still could continue doing it because i just i'm engulfed in it like i love it okay And so your gift could be creativity like mine, or it could be talking, communicating, socializing, it could be fixing things, it could be helping people. Um, There's so many things that your gift could be, okay? And then I want you to find a career or a job that allows you to do your gift 90% of the time. All right, because let's be real, Uh, you know, if you have to occasionally do something that's outside of your your gift to help out at, you know, your job or your business or whatever, then you're going to need to do that 10% of the time. Okay. Um, I'm not talking about being like, oh, that's not my gift, so I'm not going to do that. No, you're not too good to step out of your gift for a short period of time and help other people out, but most of the time, you definitely want to be doing your gift, okay? So if your gift is talking, communicating, or socializing, then a great job or outlet for your gift would be to run the front counter at a cafe or a any front counter, realistically, it could be like a hair salon or whatever, uh, maybe a hostess at a restaurant, uh, customer service, a server at a restaurant would be great. If you're good at socializing, you make great tips, um, a receptionist, anything where you get to interact with people for the majority of the time. Okay. And like I was saying, that does not mean if they need help doing the dishes that you say no, because that's not your gift. You go and help out for the short period of time, but you're not a dishwasher 90% of the time. Okay. That's the difference. And if your gift is helping people, then maybe you'd want to be a PSW or a nurse or a teacher or a police officer or social worker or something like that. Um, where you get really fulfilled out of helping people. If your gift is creativity like mine, maybe you would be a cake decorator or an interior designer, a writer, an artist, or you know, work for someone else who has a creative business um, so that you get to create things that are beautiful for 90% of your day, all right? Guys, doing what you love as a job, when we spend majority of our lives working, will 150% push you closer to mental well-being much quicker than almost anything else I'm going to mention, okay? Um, And if you love the company you work for, for example, but you realize uh, now, like, let's just say you work for a company and let's just say they do like, uh, I don't know, insurance or something, okay? And you are doing like, computer work, analyzing something or paperwork in the office, like 90% of your day, and you don't get any social interaction, and your gift is a communicator and socializing with people and connecting with people. And so you realize now, after listening to this podcast episode, that you love the company you work for. It has lots of perks and benefits and and you love the people you work with and you love your boss and stuff like that. Um, But you realize that your gift is not aligned with the actual job duties that you're doing right now. Just go and ask to go to a different department. Okay, like you don't need to go get another job if you love all of these other things about where you work. Just simply go to your boss and ask if you can do a different role. I guarantee you that if you love the company you work for, chances are they are a nice company that is going to put you where you will thrive because you'll be more productive for them and you'll be happier for yourself, okay? It is a win-win, 100%. And, you know, one thing I really want you to realize is that if you, okay, if the role that you're going to, let's say you're doing a uh, like a high paying job that does like analytics or something, and you're gonna go and do a role that is like customer service, maybe it pays like, 20 grand less or whatever it pays that maybe it pays a lot less than your current job. Take the risk and just do that job. Okay. Just to try it out, and you will thrive so much in that role that you will you will shine so brightly. That you will be eligible for promotions for, you know, you will really stand out because you're doing your gift and you're doing what you love. So there will be more opportunities for you from doing what you love than doing something you don't love and getting paid more, okay? And not to mention, you will be so much happier and more fulfilled in your life, all right? Um, Money is not the be-all and end-all of happiness. Yes, money does buy time, which equals happiness. But if it means taking less money for more happiness, guys, take that deal all day, every day, okay? Number two, help other people offering your time to help out at like the local women's shelter or maybe run a children's activity or care for dogs at the animal shelter um, will instantly make you feel better okay as human beings helping and serving others is part of our dna Okay, it doesn't really matter what your personality trait is, if you're introverted, extroverted, maybe you don't really like people that much, Um, maybe you have trust issues, whatever you have going on, it doesn't matter, we all fundamentally feel amazing when we are helping others, okay? And it will literally make you feel better the moment you sign up to do it, And the day that you do it, you will feel so good. Just try it. Just try it once and let me know if you do not feel like a freaking amazing human being after doing that, okay? It will instantly help you. Number three, stop judging other people so harshly when we judge others harshly, we always judge ourselves harshly. Okay. And I have had friends in my life who I had gotten close to and didn't realize this at the time because I would not get close to somebody who is very judgmental of other people, but some people are really good at hiding it. So once I figured out that I had some of these people in my life that were judging other people harshly, like just for the stupidest things, like the way they look or how they dress or what car they drive or what kind of home they live in or whatever, um, I, I realized that those people that do that are the most judgmental to themselves, And that really was interesting to me when I figured that out because they're so busy judging other people. And by judging others harshly, we are subconsciously telling ourselves that we are without our own flaws, which we all know is not true. And then when our own flaws start showing up in our lives, we feel way worse and even more judgmental about it towards ourselves, okay? Judging others harshly provides a false sense that you're better than that person. You're not, You're just both struggling in different ways, okay? Rewind that part, listen to it again. Actually, let me just, you are not better than anybody else that you are judging. You're just both struggling in different ways, okay? I think that point is so freaking important. So next time you find yourself judging someone else's looks or body or parenting style or, you know, way that they're living their lives, make sure, actually, no, I like this activity better. I read it in uh, one of my favorite books by Jay Shetty. It is Think Like a Monk. And I, I forget how many things he tells you to write down, but make yourself write down, let's say six things that are incredibly amazing about that person instead. And you'll be amazed at how wonderful people actually are when we stop judging them for imperfections that we all have, okay? And when you judge others harshly, you are subconsciously telling yourself that you're perfect, which is a unrealistic thing to be. And so that creates a mental... Illness and it pushes you back down the scale on the mental health uh, scale that I was talking about, okay? Number four, just make a few healthy changes to your diet, okay? I know this is a really hard thing to do for a lot of people. Um, as I mentioned, this was a huge, 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 huge catalyst in my mental health journey. And still to this day, I keep making healthy dietary changes, even just small ones, okay? Like adding um, omega-3 fish oil to my smoothie, for example. I'm constantly changing and adapting my diet to become Better and healthier as time goes on, and continue to notice massive benefits to my mental health and well being just by simply doing this. Okay. If you take a moment and you go and you Google mental health and food, or you just Google foods that support mental well being or foods for mental health. You'll find so much research and so much information that proves it's imperative to your mental well-being to eat a proper nutrition diet, okay? So don't take my word for it, even though it's changed my life. And I would not have a successful business if I didn't do it and I would not be happy and I would not be living the life of my dreams if I did not make my diet and nutrition a priority. Don't take my word for it. Just go do your own research. Just give it a try. It's, it literally, it it doesn't cost anything. It's just, it's an easy, okay, I won't say it's easy, but it is a simple thing you can do. And any small improvements in your diet and nutrition will push you closer to the mental wellness side of the scale. Okay. Number five, learn how to process stress properly. And I'm going to be honest, okay, this takes practice, and it takes being mindful of this every single day. So, Stress is something that we train ourselves to perceive things as stressful. And what I mean by that is everybody has their own perception of what is stressful to them. And everybody's different, okay? And everybody has things that are like significantly stressful and things that are like, meh, kind of stressful, and so it ranges. Um, so some things for me that, you know, that I find to be stressful would be, you know, things that are a really big, impactful deal. And I have not always been that way. I would in the past get stressed out over very small things, simple things, And what I've realized is the more that I train my brain to not perceive things as stressful, like for example, if I spill my coffee, I know it's a waste of coffee and coffee is beautiful, but like if I spill my coffee, it it doesn't stress me out. I literally clean it up and make a new coffee. It is not stressful for me by any means. But if somebody else who does not practice mindfulness and altering their perception of stress, spills their coffee, that might be the start to a really bad day for them. Okay. And like, don't let spilled coffee ruin your day. I mean, it's, I know that it sounds like simple, but it's not it's something that you have to work on every single day. So learning how to process stress properly is about changing how you perceive things as 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 being stressful and also challenging your thoughts. Okay? So instead of being like oh my gosh, this is so stressful, instead of your brain automatically going to it being stressful, think of it as a problem to solve and just be like, this is a challenge. What am I going to do? I'm going to go and clean this up. I'm going to make a new coffee and I'm going to get on with my day. So the more you turn stress into a problem solving situation, um, the better your stress, stress threshold will be. And what you wanna do is constantly be improving your stress threshold. Those words are really weird to say together. Um, The less stressed you'll be in your life because the little things that inevitably happen every single day will not stress you out anymore at all. And it will only be big major things that stress you out in life, which don't happen often. Okay, see what I'm saying here? And so another part of this is to not let other people stress you out, okay? We have no control over other people's actions or, you know, beliefs or how they, whatever they say or do. Um, This should be its own point is to not let other people's opinions affect your life, but uh, I'm just gonna put it into this category because I think a lot of us experience stress from how other people, what other people say or do. And knowing that we're not in control of that, but we are in fact in control of how we interact with that person and if we have them as part of our life going forward, Um, if you just take a look at what you're actually in control of in that situation and you realize you're not in control of what they say or do whatsoever, you will free yourself of so much stress and so much future stress. Okay. So set boundaries with those people. Number six. Okay. Obviously. Moving your body and getting your blood flowing is scientifically proven to boost your mood and help you move toward mental health and mental wellness, okay? Same thing with the diet and nutrition, Google it. It is a fact and it is science-based that it will help push you in the right direction. I'm not an expert on fitness. It's not my strength. I'm much better at managing a healthy diet. Um, But I do really put in an effort to move my body for at least 30 minutes a day, even if it's just dancing in the kitchen, like whatever it takes, guys, just do it. It will help push you go for a walk. Um, Walks or hikes are so great for me personally, because not only is it physical exercise, but it's mental, like well, wellness for me because I love being in nature. I love breathing the fresh air, and so emotionally, spiritually, it just covers like everything for me. So I love it. Um, and spending time in nature actually is amazing for our mental health and well-being. I think that should be tip number seven: um, is spending some time just in nature and just like admiring the beauty in nature. And I'm going to share just a quick, short little thing with you here um, before I wrap this up. And, you know, the one day Chad and I were going to go out for a hike and it was just, it was one of those days where it was like one of those January days where it was like, uh, cold and kind of, I don't know, like foggy and overcast and drizzly, and like it was just ugly out. It wasn't, you know, I love going for hikes when it's like fresh snowfall or like beautiful sunny day or, you know, just, you know, pretty days. Like this was just a gloomy, like meh kind of day. And, you know, Chad was like, let's go for a hike. And I was like, oh, it kind of like looks like crap out. I'm not going to be able to take like nice pictures or videos because, like, it's not beautiful out. And, It was so funny because I was like, you know what? I'm actually going to use this as a challenge to look for beauty in this trail hike, okay? And I was like, I'm going to make a game out of this. And I'm going to try to find every single color of the rainbow that I can find on this trail, And keep in mind, this was a completely gray, gloomy, crappy looking day outside. And I noticed when I was on this trail, I saw so much color and so much like vibrant beauty all around me. I found every single color of the rainbow in the trail, only because I was looking for it. And only because I was willing to get on the ground and look at different angles and really zoom in on things. And and just, it was so fun. And it was such a cool experience and challenge. And so I share this story because if you're ever having one of those days where you're just like feeling kind of meh or you're feeling like off or you're just not having a great day, just challenge yourself to find some bits of beauty in it because they're there. You're just choosing not to see them, okay? And that was a huge eye-opener for me. So I actually filmed a lot of really beautiful footage from that trail, and I'm gonna turn it into a video, about this story of seeking beauty in the most unlikely of of places and stuff. And I'm really excited. I can't wait to share that with you. It will be posted to my YouTube channel, which you can go find me on YouTube. I'm there, uh, Rebecca at Chick Boss Cake. And so stay tuned for that, but I just love sharing that story because it was literally um, not that long ago. It was like two weeks ago. And I just can't believe that I thought like it was just such a shitty gloomy day and there was no beauty to be found and I should have known better. And once I opened my eyes and looked, I found beauty all around me. So I just think that's amazing. Anyways, these are my tips for helping you um, improve your mental health and mental well-being. And these tips are a little bit different than um, traditional ones that I normally share because I share a lot about m- like morning routine and meditation and um, things like that, journaling and stuff like that, having gratitude and a gratitude journal. But I feel like those things are what are what is talked about the most. And in this podcast, I really wanted to share some other things that can really help you because I feel like a lot of people already know those other things. And so actually, I want to just end on uh, this last point here, because a lot of focus on mental health is about depression and stuff like that. Um, But anxiety is also just as important to work on and stuff. And I, I think a lot of people who struggle with anxiety, um, have a hard time when it comes to people as in humans in general and anxiety stems from like what other people think of you or their perception or, you know, anything like that. And I just want to remind you that people are just people and no one is better or more important than anyone else. And just because you may perceive someone as beautiful or like really fit and in great shape or successful, or like they have all their shit together or they have lots of money or whatever, none of that stuff makes them a better or more important person than you. And I think that that's where anxiety stems from is that we feel inferior to other humans. And guys, that is just so not true. And so if you can just change your mindset when it comes to other people and just remember that people are just people, literally, they're just humans and just feel like everybody is on your level or that you're on everybody everybody else's level. Like everybody's on a surface level. Like, let's just clear the air here, okay. I'm trying really hard to describe this, but like everybody is on equal playing field. And because I, I didn't realize that this was such a thing, but I, often see and hear other people being like, Oh, like, I really wanted to like talk to you about this. But you know, you're so intimidating, or you're so successful, or you're so beautiful. And I'm not necessarily just talking about myself, although I do hear those comments from time to time, but like other people too. Um, I hear other people say to me, like, Oh, I, I really wanted to talk to so and so but like, I feel really intimidated because they're this and they're that and whatever. I'm like, they're literally just a human. They're just a person. Okay. They just think to yourself, okay. They, you know, they make breakfast. They, they drive their car to go get coffee. They do all the things that you do. They go to the bathroom. They take showers. They take baths. Like they're just a freaking human at the end of the day. So if you can change your mentality, I feel like that really will help anxiety levels um within us as humans too when you equalize and neutralize the playing field of people in general okay i am going to wrap up this podcast because it's getting a little bit long here um although i could talk about mental health and mental well-being for like ever because like i said i've been on so opposite sides of the scale that i have so much experience and knowledge to share um and so much understanding for how other people like feel and in terms of mental health and mental well-being so to be honest with you I could spend lots of time talking to you about ways that I've you know the darkest days that I've been through and what I felt going through it and I could talk to you about ways that I've you know worked my way on the opposite side of the scale towards mental well-being but at the end of the day um It is a thing, it is real, people are struggling every single day, and the best thing that we can do is talk about it, neutralize it, normalize it, and just treat people with the most love and kindness that you can possibly do, okay? And I mean that wholeheartedly, and I mean that even when it comes to Negative people or people who say mean things to you or haters uh, You know, they need kindness the most doesn't mean you need to put up with them in their in your lives, but just Come at people with the most loving and kindness and so much less judgment and I promise you will feel so much better And so I really hope that you enjoyed this podcast. I hope that it opened your eyes to some new perspectives and ways of thinking about mental health and what it means. And I hope that uh, me sharing my vulnerability and my story with you, um, I hope that it helps you to realize that Uh, people who appear to be happy and colorful and full of life have struggled through the darkest times too, and nobody is immune to mental illness. And mental health is simply just something that you are either working towards uh, mental well-being or you're falling towards mental illness. And everybody's on that scale in one way or another it's just a matter of where you sit on that scale okay so i hope this really uh neutralizes your perspective on the fact that we all struggle and um i'm really grateful that bell let's talk day opens up the conversation for people to share their stories and struggles with each other because I think that in hearing other people's stories and struggles, it is where we heal the most by knowing that we're not alone.